Star City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Note, this episode was recorded on Friday, July 8th. At the time, we were under the impression that Miles Bridges' qualifying offer was rescinded by the Hornets, but that was inaccurately reported. Recently, a report from Jake Fisher disputed the previous reporting as he said that the qualifying offer had not been rescinded. Sorry for this inaccuracy, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Renacki, and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What do you do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. So last week, Tim and I posted an episode on Wednesday night at like 8 or 9 p.m., originally entitled uh, Miles Bridges Deep Dive. And it was all about Miles Bridges' free agency. That was like the quickest ever a podcast has become outdated in history. Three hours later, uh, Miles Bridges was charged with domestic violence and we changed the name of the episode because we thought it was in bad taste to leave it up with that same original title. We changed the name of the episode to like free agency thoughts or something like that. Um, and so we haven't had a chance to talk about that yet. So we're going to open with a few minutes on it. Um, so that news came out and then it immediately got worse like the next day or the day after when Miles Bridges' uh, wife, Michelle Johnson, posted a picture of her medical records on Instagram and the diagnosis reads adult victim of physical abuse by male partner, assault by strangulation, brain concussion, closed fracture of nasal bone, contusion of rib, multiple bruises, strain of neck muscle. Um, so disgusting behavior from Miles Bridges. There's also a video of Miles' son talking on FaceTime to somebody where his son says, daddy choked mommy. And, um, yeah, it just got it got really, really dark, really, really quick. Um, and I expected more from Miles Bridges, Tim. Up until this year, you know, there had been at least no public signs of poor behavior from Miles. But this is absolutely inexcusable and disgusting behavior from Miles. It's wild. He went from, you know, one of my two favorite players on the team to wanting nothing to do with him in a span of like 48 hours. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And I think we should just cut out and unequivocally say, I know like a lot of like national podcasts, they've danced around it. Miles Bridges is a scumbag. I think he's a bad person. Don't want him on the team. Right. Uh, you know, I think I would rather win 25 games and end up with a ninth pick somehow than have Miles Bridges and be like the four seed. Um, I think what he did is absolutely disgusting. I hope he never plays in Charlotte again. If another team wants to come around, they can do that, but yeah, what he did is absolutely disgusting, terrible, and yeah, never, uh, never want to see Miles in a Hornets uniform ever again. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Tim. Um, and the Hornets won't resign him. Uh, you know, we rescinded the qualifying offer for Miles Bridges, which is not something to take lightly. Um, that's definitely you know a sign from Mitch that that's not it's not going to happen. Um, and I'm not a lawyer, but all the evidence that uh, we've seen so far, Tim in my professional uh, opinion, it seems like he's going to jail, right? Like uh, with, with those, I mean, that, that laundry list of things that happened to Michelle, um, it seems like Miles Bridges is probably going to jail for at least some period of time. Obviously he's got some money, so it'll probably be shorter than, than it should be. But 
uh, I think there's going to be a serious sentence. Um, so he's not playing on the Hornets this year. I'd be surprised if he played anywhere this year. And, you know, maybe like two years from now, he's back in the league. But uh, not, I think not this season. Yeah, I view it as like, I, I assume that he's just totally gone for this season. Also, it's super rare for a team to rescind a qualifying offer. It happened with Lonnie Walker, and it happened with Dion Waiters when he was on the Thunder, like, four years ago, five years ago. Very uncommon for that to happen. And, you know, honestly, a good – I think that's just a good move by the Hornets. You right. know, because it would have been easy – you could have justified it. Like, if you really wanted to, there would have been a subset of the fan base who was like, oh, well, man, you know, you got to retain the asset. I think it was just a good, easy layup by them to just distance themselves from this piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I do want to say – that the people saying that he should be banned from the NBA for life, taking it a bit too far, you know, he should have a chance to learn from his mistakes. Uh, this will always be like a very large black mark, black spot on his life and his career. Uh, but hope he gets the help he needs. Like I can be shocked and disgusted by his actions and also, um, you know, want him to like do better. Right. And want him to like learn from what happened. So like he's probably going to jail for a bit, but similar to like Michael Vick, I hope he makes like a comeback somewhere in the distant future, but not not right away. You know what I mean? Like dude's got dude's got to get some serious help. Um, and so I just want to make that point. I I don't think he should be, you know, blackballed from the NBA. And, yeah, I think yeah. in a in a free market with labor, yeah, I and mean, I think it is fair that you know people do make mistakes, and this was in a especially terrible mistake. I don't ever want to see him in a Hornets uniform again, but. If he's playing for the Sacramento Kings in two years, I don't think that, you know, we should burn down Little Caesars building or whatever it's called. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, yeah, he's, he's away from the Hornets. Um, yeah, people, people do deserve second chances. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, whether, whether it be jail. And I, I, I see it as like he's not going to play this season. And I think if he doesn't play next season as well, so if he misses two years, I just can't realistically imagine him ever really coming back and being an effective player. I'm not mm. saying he wouldn't get another chance, but I mean, if you miss two full seasons, really hard to come back. There's really no precedent for, uh, for someone doing that. Even like, it's the closest thing is like Magic Johnson came back after five years, but Miles Bridges is not Magic Johnson, even though they both went to Michigan State. Yeah. So um, best wishes for Michelle Johnson and her uh, kid. Um, you know, I hope, hope that, they're able to come back from this, um, and it's terrible what happened to them. Um, I guess moving on from there, Tim, it's a hard place to move on from, but we're going to talk about like what happens in the absence of Miles Bridges, Hornets-wise. And again, we're assuming like a hundred percent chance he's not back. It's not going to happen. He's not playing. He's not playing for the Hornets next season. Um, so Tyler asks, who steps up this season in Bridges' absence, and can the Hornets make up for his production? I'm going to go with like the obvious answer would be PJ Washington, but he hasn't really shown the ability to like handle the ball uh, and play that like small forward role. So I think it comes down to can the young guys play better? Can book Knight be an above average NBA player this season? What about Kai Jones and Mark Williams? If like two of those three are legitimately good. I think it's possible to make up the production. If Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, which is a big if, we'll get a couple more wins for sure. And then the last one, um, which is not as obvious because this player was already very good, LaBella Ball. Um, You know, Anthony Edwards is the current favorite for most improved player. He had that very big 
25 points per game in the playoff series against Memphis. But that's just like six games, right? And the rest of the season, LaMelo Ball is better. So I'm not sure why it couldn't be LaMelo, who's the most improved player next year. Uh, the keys are now his to the team, and he could make a third-year leap. We've been talking about a third-year leap for LaMelo for a long time. If that happens, you know, it's it's actually a good thing. Miles is not our team. He, will, he would have been taking away the ball from LaMelo in that, in, in that instance. Yeah, you know, uh, according to our, our sponsors, DraftKings, you are lighting money on fire if you bet on Anthony Edwards. To be <laughs> player. Like, there is like no chance. I mean, he has to he has to average like thirty a game. He already has so much hype coming in. It's not one of the, he's not going to like take people by surprise if he averages twenty four points a game next season, which would also like be very good. Yeah, yeah. I think Lamelo has the best bet, and yeah, I think that it's kind of weird that Lamelo is gone from like he was so popular, and I, I like you know he still is very popular, but like. I feel like there's a national consensus where Ant is like clearly past him and it's like in a different tier uh, quality player wise. And I, I, I don't think that's true. I mean, I do like Anthony Edwards a lot. I think he's awesome. But I think yeah. LaMelo is now underrated, weirdly, which I didn't think would ever be possible when we drafted him. I can't agree more with you, Tim. And it's not, I think it's not just because we're Hornets fans. Like, people are just really down on him. And it doesn't, doesn't make, he was like, he was an all-star last year. Like it doesn't make any sense. He improved a lot from the first year, shot 37% from three. Like if LaMelo ball had been in uh, I'm blanking on the name of the movie, but the Adam Sandler movie. Oh, hustle. Uh, hustle. If he had been in hustle instead of Anthony Edwards, would he be, would he be the favorite for most improved player? Like, Y'all know Anthony Edwards genuinely... isn't actually that good at shooting threes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely do believe that. And yeah, I think like, you know, with LaMelo, there, there are some things where like, you know, we always harp on, he's not really effective from two point range. Like, you know, he has lapses on defense. He's a six, seven point guard. Who's one of the 10 best passers in the league and also shoots 40% from three. Yeah. Like there's not that much he has to clean up to be like a perennial all-star. Like if he just adds five pounds of muscle and draws a couple more fouls, then, I mean, he's golden. Like I mean, he's almost like an all NBA player yeah. at that point. Yeah, so in terms of us being able to salvage the season and the original question, Tyler, who steps up this season and bridges his absence, I think it's I think it's Lamelo, and I think it's like one of the young guys, like one of Book Knight, Kai Jones, and Mark Williams is like an above average NBA player this season. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's very fair, and also like we have a lot of power forwards. Like mm-hmm. we're one of the few teams in the league where we're kind of like stacked with power forwards, where like. You know, Jalen McDaniels, I think, you know, three slash four. JT Thor is kind of a four. PJ is a four. Kai Jones is projecting to be a power forward as well. Like, yeah, I mean, there there's a lot of, like, minutes to go around, but there's also a lot of guys to fill those minutes. We need an extra, like, you know, where I think Miles had kind of turned into, like, our safety valve near the end of the season. He was great at, like, taking big men off the dribble, you know, abusing mismatches. That's gone now. We just need one more guy to be able to create off the dribble. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Kai, Kai Jones, let's talk about it. He's, he gained about 17 pounds of muscle. And this is peak off-season content, I have to say. That's baby Giannis now. <laughs> I mean, there's no way around it. We're going to get to watch him tonight in, like, 30 minutes. The Summer League game starts. Uh, I forgot about JT Thor, but, yeah, that's, that's three first-round picks. Mark Williams, Kai Jones, James Booknight who none of them have shown anything yet. Mark Williams hasn't played yet, but the other two have not shown anything yet. If, like, one of those players is good, 
and Lamelo makes a leap, we're probably just as good as last season, I think. But um, there are some big ifs there, right? Those are those are two very very big ifs. We do. This is another thing I've been harping on. I know I'm annoying Mark. I text Mark about this like three times a week since this happened. Trading the 13th pick to save a little bit of money just looks even worse now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, just, it it's really so, does. there were so many, like, you know, AJ Griffin, Tari Eason, um, even uh, Ochai from Kansas, like, they all would have been like playing 15 minutes a game at three. And yeah. to do that to save essentially like three and a half million dollars, pretty terrible look. It was bad when it happened and it's even worse now. But again, I think Mitch did make a fair point where we essentially have three first-round picks coming in this year since Booknight and Kai did not play at all last year other than like, you know, 900 minutes combined or whatever it was, 600 minutes. So, I mean, that is something to look forward to. I think those guys have a lot of talent. And yeah, the the third-year leap for a guard is like a very real thing. LaMelo's been ahead of schedule, uh, you know, his entire career thus far. And I would not be shocked if LaMelo makes like third team All-NBA next year. Like I wouldn't be shocked if we somehow win like 44 games. And it's just because LaMelo is putting up like, you know, 24 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Like I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. I think there's a lot to look forward to in this Hornet season. Yeah. All right. Another question I got, uh, we got from uh, Twitter. Should the Hornets, does it make sense for the Hornets to extend PJ now that uh, Miles is not going to be a part of the future? I'm going to say yes. I think it does. Um, I think that the PJ versus Miles thing um, was playing a role in like maybe PJ was not certainly a part of our future. We were hoping he was going to be a part of our future, but now, now it's like, okay, yeah, you need to, you need to extend PJ. Like there's not really another option. I would say there, he's like clearly the third best young player or he was the third best young player on the team. And now uh, he jumps up to the second best young player on the team um, behind behind Lamelo. So I say you have to you have to extend uh, PJ, and why not get that done sooner rather than later? Is my my take on it? Especially yeah, because I mean PJ's never had any injury issues, and I think that he's shown improvement. Like you know, we were a little down on him midway through last season. I think he closed out the last thirty games extremely strong, played the best basketball of his life. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. I think it's kind of overrated when people talk about like, Oh, you can really get burned from signing the extension too early. I just don't actually think that's that big of a deal. Like I would rather just have peace of mind. We are, we obviously the Hornets, we've the locker room issue is kind of becoming a problem. And when guys don't get extensions, you know, they get a little grumpy, like things happen. It's totally like a human normal thing to happen. It's like, yeah, just lock them up. Just, I don't, I don't really see what the problem is. I think with the, uh, you know, there's a new TV contract coming up. I can't imagine we signed Peter Washington to a bad deal. Like, I still think that 29 other teams in the NBA would have no problem trading for PJ Washington at any point. Yeah. And the other point to make here is that the team was certainly planning on paying Miles Bridges uh, some obscene number, like, you know, 120 to $174 million, right? Something like that. So we have, we don't have like more cap space because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like making that much money before, but we have, we were expecting to pay that much. So there's money to go around. And uh, we saw that a little bit with the Cody Martin contract <laughs> four years for 32. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Um, let's, let's get into it, Tim. So we saved, we saved the meat of the podcast for the middle here. Austin asks, should the Hornets tank this season? 
The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Oh, man, he was really just calling right to me. I mean, I have to say, I'm one of those guys, even like last season, I was like, well, man, if we, if we lose 19 of our last 20, we get a top 10 pick and a terrible draft. I, I love the idea of a tank. And uh, my man, Victor, who towers over my other man, Chet Holmgren, I'm, I'm kind of down. So we, we were talking about it a little before the podcast. Ideally, if the tank were to happen, Lamelo like breaks his nose or cracks his pinky or hurts his earlobe or something, some upper body injury. Chips it doesn't the tooth actually and is out for a while. Yeah. yeah, like it's not like a torn ACL or like a broken foot. It's just like just you know, clip you know, hurt hurt, hurt your like big finger or something. You know, <laughs> clip clip your nail a little too a little too low. Miss thirty five games because if that happens, then I mean we are in the territory of we're going to be a bottom ten team. Yes. Like even even with LaMelo having a good season, there is a chance that we're still, you know, like closer to the bottom just based on everything that's happened. Um I think long term it would make sense to tank. If we get another top five pick, again, we we always harp on the uh, the Gordon Hayward contract. If we had uh Franz Wagner instead of James Booknight, I think our franchise would look a little more promising right now. And I think it's worth it to take a step back next year and we'll have a ton of cap space. Um, you know, really PJ is the only guy that we have to lock up going forward. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that this, this would be the time to try to get a top five pick. Okay. So I'll say that objectively you're right, but unfortunately like there are like real people and emotions involved in a tank. Yeah. Um, and that if we were to tank like intentionally and make that clear Lamella ball, that's that's not going to go over very well. Our owner is also Michael Jordan, the most competitive person in the history of the world. So it's not going to actually happen like with intent. This team has an upward trajectory, and it would just look terrible on the team to go from 43 wins to 25 wins. We're also in a small market. People would stop going to games. Like It's not going to happen intentionally, I think. Um, if it were a computer simulation, however, if I was playing NBA 2K23, I would put Lamella Ball on the bench, and I would try to get Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> but that's not that's not real life. Uh, like like I think that if it if it's a math equation, it makes sense. But but in real life, it doesn't. It doesn't actually make sense. Obviously, <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it'd be a tough sell. I, and especially with Steve Clifford, you're like that. That's the one thing that he does. That's like his big strong suit. Is like I'm going to turn a 26 win team into a 36 win team. Yeah, like that is why he is here. But I would love the idea of like trying to like stealth tank without like giving it away. And Mason Plumley is just like red face on the sideline after playing fifty three minutes in the overtime game. <laughs> Man, 
<laughs> oh my god like i can't believe Lamelo only played the first four minutes you see that he had like 28 shots for nine points eight rebounds and four assists with 15 turnovers it's like man i really gave it my all out there <laughs> yeah it's like really good unless unless Lamelo gets hurt like i don't think we're gonna shift terry rozier off for like a mid-20s first round pick or something yeah yeah, I can see us. What if we run like Nick Richards and Mason Plumley at the same time? <laughs> the, the stealth tank of the decade. Kai Jones is just sitting on the bench like, dude, I should be running point right now, dude. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> nah, we just run Kai Jones, Mark Williams, JT Thor, Nick Richards, and Mason Plumley. <laughs> well, there's also the very realistic thing of like, if, if Book Knight and Kai are just, if they're not good, because like, yeah. we don't know. Yeah, like, they have flash potential, but like, if they're not good and Gordy gets hurt, it, it, the team is going to be very bad. Like, yeah. I mean, we could just end up losing 50 games just based on that. Like, All right, so, yeah, I got some, I got some points, some stats to bring in here. Miles Bridges led the team in win shares last season at 7.2 wins. Uh, so that would put us at 36 wins if we didn't have Miles Bridges last season. Uh, 43 wins last season, so minus 7 is 36. That puts us... From 10th place, Tim, to 11th place. Ooh, such a big lottery game. <laughs> could have got Johnny Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that's that's super dark. It's like uh, <laughs> not like like our expected win total for this season going, you know, before last Wednesday was like, I don't know, 48 or something like that. Now it's now it's just like 37, you know, like <laughs> it's it's right in that tier where we're so comfortable of being the 10th or 11th best team um, in the league. And yeah, I hate to say it's, it's unreasonable to expect the team to be better than they were last year. Miles Bridges was one of the two best players on our team. So from a basketball perspective, that hurts the Hornets not having him out there, but he's definitely not going to be out there. And we're happy he's not out there. Like we said earlier, Um, you know, I want to make sure that we're not being distasteful when talking about, you know, Miles Bridges not being on the team. Um, So just to clarify that. But yeah. Let's also clarify, like, yeah, losing Miles, yeah, not not the best thing. He's like Kevin Durant. You yeah. Know? Like, he's closer to Kevin Werner than he is Kevin Durant. Like, right. he was good. He was good. But yeah, it's like we didn't we didn't just lose 23-year-old LeBron James. Right, right. There there is like a path where where the Hornets get get better, and that that's the rookies, and it's Lamella Elite, like I said. Um you know, I, I even threw in there like Gordon Hayward not not getting injured. That's probably not going to happen. He's probably going to get injured again. But even if he was healthy the whole season, and like the rest of the team stays the same, that's like what like an additional like two wins. You know, like it's not it's not moving the needle uh, as much as people might expect. I would I would give Montrez Harrell a better shot of winning Defensive Player of the Year than Gordon Hayward playing more than sixty games next <laughs> season. That's brutal. Um, okay, I will also say. Bill Simmons said on his podcast that he could see any team in the East making the playoffs except for the Hornets. That is a horrible take. Like, like you just said, Miles Bridges is not Kevin Durant. He's good. He was a good player, but like approximately seven wins better. Uh, uh, seven wins added to the team when Miles Bridges is playing. That's what win shares is. Uh, it's how many how many wins you add to the team. It's not. It's not like the Hornets are just gonna be the worst team in the East all of a sudden. That, and that's a horrible take. I've seen it from like several national writers. Like I get it. We didn't add anybody in the off season and our off season has just gone horribly the worst off season of any NBA team. 
But we're still not terrible. We still have Lamella Ball. We still have Gordon Hayward. We still have Terry Rozier. Like, still have P.J. Washington. We're just missing one dude. It's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, like, did I, did I miss something? Where, like, are the Wizards still not starting Denny Avdia? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, that, that is terrible. Also, we have to – we did have, like, the worst offseason, but we got to give it up to the Wizards, giving Bradley Beal a no-trade clause. One of, like, 10 NBA players in history to get a no-trade clause. Also, did you just see the Damian Lillard extension? No, no, what happened? The Trailblazers, right when we started the podcast, gave him an extra two years for $120 million. Well, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, things things are bad, but yeah, like I mean, are the Nick like are we really just expecting Julius Randle to turn it around and be like all NBA again? Doubt it. The Wizards are the Wizards. I mean, like we duke it out with them every year for the eleventh pick. Like I don't think they're very good. Okay, Detroit, they got you know they they fleeced us on a trade for uh, Duran, but I don't think Jalen Duran's going to be a big deal. They just signed Marvin Bagley to thirty seven million dollars a year. Like, I mean, I still think we're better than a lot of those teams. Like, I mean, what happened was dark and, you know, it's not looking like, you know, this offseason went as poorly as possible. I still think we're better than, you know, LaMelo is better than Cade. We're better than Detroit. Like, I don't think the Knicks, like, you know, it's year three of Tom Thibodeau. They already hated him last year. Yeah, Yeah, I think that what we... I'll say concretely, I think we're better than the Pistons, Magic, Pacers, Knicks. And I think I'm not, I think that's it. Whoa, 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 dude. Wizards, wizards, wizards. The the Pacers have Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> For a guy who has a thirty-three percent career winning percentage, he's the uh he's the Kenny Atkinson of, of point guards. Yeah, yeah, he's he on you only the smart NBA fans know. Yeah, so much hype for a player who's done nothing. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're still better than all those teams. The the sad part for the Hornets team perspective is that we could have been you know, we were expecting an, an improvement, right? And that's gone. We're, we're not going to be better than we were last year in all likelihood. Um, Hornets and Heartbreak, Tim. It's the name of the podcast. We named it Hornets and Heartbreak for a reason. Uh, heartbreaking for multiple reasons. The, the Miles Bridge. This is, you know, we live for days like this, dude. I'm, I'm preordained to this. I'm ready. I'm ready to have this podcast. I was born to do this. <laughs> I was born when we drafted Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. I said, man, 10 years from now gonna have a heater recorded on a friday um no man i'm i'm ready i'm i'm pretty optimistic like i i don't think that we'll be as good next year but i also think that the team's gonna be really fun i think mark williams is gonna be awesome mm-hmm. like right out of the gate i'm not saying he's gonna be a 10-time all-star but i do just think that he's exactly what we need i mean mark williams i think it's getting underplayed he is huge yeah like he is not just like you know he's not like 6'10 he is 7'2 with a 7-7 seven, seven wingspan, and he can run the floor. I think Mark Williams is going to be awesome. I'm super excited to see him in Summer League. I think there's a lot of things to be positive about. And, yeah, maybe we don't make the playoffs, you know. But based on that, I mean, we're going to be a competitive team. Like, you know, game 46 of the season is going to be worth watching. Agreed. Um, okay, this question from Daniel. If they, for some reason, retain Bridges, then I'm going to have to call it a day on rooting for the Bucks. If you were in my shoes, would you either A, find a new team to root for, or B, just be a fan of the league at large? And I got to say, he didn't even spell out Bridges' name. He put B-R and then a star or an asterisk, D-G-E-S. So I like that. I like that uh, from Dan. He wouldn't even spell out the name. 
What uh, what would you do, Mark? Um, <laughs> putting me on the spot here, Tim. I'd just be a fan of the league at, at large, Tim. I just I just be a fan of the league at large, at least at least for a couple seasons. I would not be able to forgive uh, the Charlotte Hornets for for doing that. Um, if if like you know everything stays the same, then yeah, I'm not I'm not able to forgive uh, the Hornets for for signing him for next season. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's about a hundred percent chance that doesn't happen. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And you know, I have to say, I think it's a great question because I think deep down, any Hornets fan gave us true serum. We've had the thought before, you know, whether it was the losing Kemba and getting Terry Rozier, which again ended up working out, but at the time seemed very dark. Um, I would recommend whoever your favorite player is, just man, follow them. Like I'll, I'll admit it, like, you know, outside of the Hornets, man, every, cause you know, the Hornet games are always at seven. And then, you know, there's the West coast games. I watched like 80% of Warriors games last year. I think the Timberwolves, that could be a fun, that could be a fun watch. I'm actually, I'm pretty high on that trade. Uh, maybe it's just because I did it in 2K all the time. That was like my go-to move to start with the Timberwolves. I think that, yeah, just just follow whatever whatever team, whatever player makes you happy. There's no shame in that. I mean, there's no shame in like, man, you want to catch 35 Thunder games this year? I think they're going to be fun. Like you, you by no means, just because of where you are geographically born, I think it's fair to swap teams and especially if they were to do something like that, you know, if the Hornets, if that's, if that's not your drive, as long as you don't become a Heat fan or a Celtics fan, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Again, this is a big hypothetical because there's no chance that actually happens. If it did, like, there would be so many fans just boycotting Hornets games. Like, it would be wild. The stadium would be empty, I think. I mean, I'm good. I mean who, who knows? It would, be, it, would be, it would be a wild experience if Miles Bridges were somehow to play for the Hornets next year because I think they'd be – just completely uh, eliminating like half of their fan base. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that fan base. And, you know, luckily I'm a, I'm in walking distance of the spectrum center and on the way there is a seven 11. So I would pick up a nice 36 pack of eggs and uh, definitely <laughs> be egging spectrum center. Miles Bridges is back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, last thing on the agenda here, Tim, Cody Martin resigned four years for 32 million. What were your initial reactions? I actually texted you about this. I was in San Francisco uh, having a good time out there. Texted you about it, and you were like, I love it. Uh, great deal. And then Caleb Martin got signed for three for $20 million, And I was like, what do you think now? <laughs> that was pretty painful, yeah. So while you were in San Francisco, I was, I was deep in the mountain regions in somewhere in West Virginia. I don't even know the town's name. With no Wi-Fi, no internet connection. So I went into town for like five minutes to get a, to pick up some water. And that's the only news I saw. And I was just like, things are looking up. I came back. I was like, I was Paul Revere writing back to my compound. And I was like, guys, guys, four for 32. Things are looking great. And yeah, you, you kind of, you kind of stopped me midstream and you were like, it's great. And I was like, eh, maybe it's not great. I, like, I would have preferred three for 18. And then next time I come back into town, the Caleb Barton news drops. And then I'm driving back. It's like a four and a half hour drive. And I was just looking at the countryside and I was like, is Cody Martin better than Caleb Martin? I was like, I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> like, you can tell me one way or the other. Like, I'm not sure. But I guess, you know, the, the, the tiebreaker is one plays for the Heat, one plays for the Hornets. So Cody is obviously better. Yeah, it's definitely not like a bad like bad contract but i also don't think it's a particularly good contract uh i think it i think it slots in somewhere around 
slightly more than he should have gotten, uh, which is fine. It's it's okay. You know, we we were paying Gordon Hayward eighty eight more million dollars more for the exact same period of time. So there are there are worse things to gripe about, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stamp my flag on Cody Martin's overpaid, uh, but I think he's like slightly overpaid. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of like I don't you know like uh, one guy that came to mind where they also they they denied they didn't have the chance for the qualifying offer was Solomon Hill when Solomon Hill had like a really good season with the Pacers. Larry Bird said this guy's gonna be in the G League or I guess at the time the D League. That's how long ago it was. And then he signed like a $50 million deal with the uh, Pelicans. That was a disaster. But like, I think four years, $8 million per pop. I'm assuming there's a team option after the third year. Uh, I think it's very fair. I think for like a sixth man, seventh man, when the average starter is making around, you know, 15 to $17 million a year, I think $8 million is fine. It's not something that is like, it's not going to change the fate. It's not like Steph Curry signing for four years, $44 million off his rookie deal. But uh I think it's a very good contract, and if things are just going haywire midway through the season, I wouldn't be surprised if we could get like you get like a the twenty fifth pick for Cody Martin on that deal. I think that he would be good on like a playoff team. Hmm. I'm not sure. But we it's not, not exciting. Yeah, um, I will say Caleb Martin averaged more points per game in less minutes per game on a better team last season. Just gonna but, I, have, I have to throw that out there, and he's making less money and less years. But that team is the Miami Heat. So, yeah. And I mean, I've always, I've always said Cody's better than Caleb, too. So I'm sort of like uh, contradicting myself and just maybe being pessimistic. But yeah, to me, to me, it was slightly too much money. But again, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Like, what am I talking about? Like $4 million? Like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, in the NBA scheme of things. Now, hand, hand me your Tim $4 million and we're moving to Miami uh, to join Caleb Martin down there. But, <laughs> but, but for the team perspective... That's not going to make or break you. And, you know, you know we're the Charlotte Hornets. We have the money to give out also. As we previously mentioned, we're not paying miles anymore. So there is, there is yeah. a little bit of extra I, spending. I think locking him up for four years I think is actually pretty solid. That We pretty much get his entire prime. Yeah. You know, it's Cody Martin's prime, but it's still it counts. Yeah. Um, and one thing I will say, Cody never lost minutes to Gabe, Gabe Vincent. Tim, this – you're rooting for the guy who has taken away minutes from Malik Monk and uh, James Booknight this past season. What do you have to you say? You know why? You know why? Because he earned those minutes, mm-hmm. all right? Okay. With some good, tough-nosed basketball, he earned them. No, nah, but, you know, I have to say, he's won me over. I mean, I just, at this point, I'm, maybe I'm just numb to it. Maybe I'm just dead inside. I legitimately like Cody Martin. I'm like, oh, he's doing the behind the back on the fast break. Oh, he's going to miss this layup. I love every second of it, man. I yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm lost to the sauce, but I'm I'm in on. It. I think it's a well deserved deal, and I'm I'm happy for it. I, I'm legitimately happy. I hope he stays the entire contract. I don't know what's happened to me. I, I like Cody Martin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy for him too. I yeah, I I, I sound so negative about it. I like him too as a player. Uh, yeah, just just I have to had to make the point that like his brother's making less, and I think his brother could, I, yeah. we, we could have paid him less. That's all I'll say. The the Heat, of course, just got a better deal than us. And uh, yeah, I hate the Heat, but yeah, not gonna not gonna blind me for my Cody Martin standing. All right, Tim, we got the uh, summer league action starting in exactly eleven minutes. Charlotte plays Indiana tonight at six. Players to watch uh, from the Hornets side: Mark Williams, number one; Kai Jones, JT Thor, Bryce McGowan's, uh, Nick Richards. 
maybe a little Brady Manic action. Uh, James Booknight will not be playing in this uh, due to a surgery on his pinky. And then Scotty Lewis, news came out today. He is going to miss the summer league and probably like the start of the season as well with an injury. Yeah, you know, it's it's not super exciting, but Mm -hmm. we will get to see, I'm assuming Mark Williams is going to go up against Luke Garza. Uh, mm. former college star. That'll be a good test. He won't get bullied like Chet Holmgren did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's exciting. I think what we should just look for is like, does Kai's shooting look any better? Uh, how was Kai's defense? Mark Williams, I assume, is kind of just going to be ready to go off the bat. So yeah, pretty much those. And uh, how many turnovers can Nick Richards get? Yeah, I don't love that Nick Richards is playing on the team. Like, I kind of want to just see Kai Jones and Mark Williams play the entire time. And with Nick Richards, like, he's going to get, like, 20 minutes, and that's going to piss me off. But, um, yeah, I think Kai Jones, Mark Williams, JT Thor, sort of the big three to watch. Excited to see what Bryce can provide um, as well. And it is exciting, Tim. It is the first Hornets basketball game we get to watch since uh, since April. Left us on a sour note. And I'll say this before before we get into the closing part here, Tim. It it cannot possibly get worse, right? <laughs> like, like I think we said it four or five times now, but like it it can't get worse, right? We we also should say, uh, you know, another an ex Hornets player, Devonte Graham, who we got Mark Williams, you know, based on that pick, did also just get arrested. So Devonte Graham was still on our team, got arrested, and we didn't have the fifteenth pick. <laughs> so I mean, it, it could not get worse. I'm looking, man. I mean, I think Mark Williams probably going to get a quadruple double in summer league. So, I mean, I think everything's good to go from here. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. It's kind of a bummer about Scotty Lewis, uh, yeah. which, you know, didn't, didn't think that I would be saying that a year from now or a year ago. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Indiana, not exactly the sexiest matchup to see. We're, we're, Lou, we're, uh, we're a little light on guards, but... Yeah, I'm really excited to see the big man. Uh, I love everything from Kai. Yeah, you know, he's, you know, obviously we talked about him putting on the weight. He had a great interview where he was talking about that no one on the team could guard him. I love that type of just unearned confidence. Uh, I think that's cool. I'm excited for the game. Summer League is like the worst basketball on earth, but it is so exciting. Because you watch like two and a half hours of slop, and it just takes one JT Thor closeout that I'm like, man, things are different. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh if we learned anything from watching summer league basketball over the years it's that like it doesn't matter at all but when kai jones makes an alley dunk tonight i'm gonna go nuts and uh i'm gonna love every second of it tim shout out to the supporters of the podcast Xavier harvin tc cunningham brandon garcia austin johnson dan joseph and isaac black thank you everybody for supporting the podcast you can check us out on winnow to get texts about the team and podcast news link is in the show notes Absolutely. Thank you for everyone that sent in questions. We really appreciated them. And uh, thank you for everyone that's taken the time to listen this deep into the episode. You're a true fan. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if you could be so kind as to rate, review, and subscribe, that would really go a long way. And thank you once again for listening. And uh, go Hornets. (laughs) Go Hornets. I'm just trying to muster up any enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) Talking myself into it. (laughs) Peace, Tim. Please, please stay fast there with the mark.